0: everybody i'm bo
1: and i'm jamie
0: and this is the only podcast that continually asks the question hey jamie what you watching
1: i have been watching not as much as i normally would uh-huh. and it's because i well last time we talked i told you i was all sucked into boardwalk empire yeah. so yeah
0: i had, had to finish, finish it?
1: that i did yeah
0: what'd you think <laughs> how'd, you, how'd, you, how'd you end up with it uh
1: it ended okay the the ultimate ending was kind of what i expected it to be but the who was responsible for the ultimate ending was a badass twist that i was just like what like it it was uh it was pretty good i will say did you watch the sopranos
0: uh i watched some of the sopranos i didn't watch okay. the whole thing but i, I watched like well, the last two seasons i didn't watch the early stuff weirdly
1: Okay, the early stuff is actually the better stuff. Yeah,
0: that's what I and hear. that's
1: what I was that's what I was gonna say is it is that I I think a lot of shows this happens to where it starts out really strong and then toward the end it I won't say it petered out because it was still really really good and mm-hmm. I still love a lot of the characters and I was really upset. It's one of those shows where anybody can die at any time you know like you sure. just don't know what's going to happen and so a lot of people that you like will end up and they have a, several several bits uh, throughout the series where you're just like motherfucker like you just don't see it coming and uh what i though discovered was that like the first couple seasons were really Really strong, really mapped out. And then the last, particularly the last season, it felt like they were just speeding through it, you know, because like in the first bit, it was the be very it's the very first episode of the show is the the night that Prohibition started. So it starts at the very beginning of Prohibition. And then like season two is like a year later. Season three is like another year later. So it's it kind of stretched out. By the time they get to season five, which I also discovered there was a fifth season. <laughs> I thought there were only four, but there were five. And by the time the fifth season rolled around, then they're just like, they jumped ahead like 10 years. It's, uh, it's now in the thirties. It's like, it's almost like, oh, holy shit, we're out of time. We got to squeeze a whole bunch of shit in, you know? So it feels, the pacing is different and it doesn't feel the same but it's still really good it just is different and that's kind of how i felt about the sopranos too it just felt like once you hit like season four with the sopranos it just starts to have a different feel Mm -hmm. all around so whereas something like i think like breaking bad was which was very mapped out um like before they even did anything with it, everything was completely mapped out and you can tell, you can feel it. It's just, it's everything is very evenly paced and very, very evenly spread out. It almost feels like with this show, they didn't know until like maybe the end of the fourth season that they only had one season left. And then like it, and I don't know the history. I have no idea, but that's what it feels like is that someone told them, Hey, you've got one more season and they're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> somebody they just shoved everything together, but I don't know. It's still totally worth totally worth a watch. I really, really enjoyed it, and um, it's. I would watch it again. You know, like give it a few years, and then I'd go right. I'd go through it again because it's. I thought yeah. it was just that good.
0: So. Yeah, I, you know, I told you the last time we talked about this. That's one of those like, if I ever break my leg or let's be honest, a hip, and have to you know lay around for a while and just recuperate. Yeah. That feels like something I could get into. Um, some I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the show that someone else recommended recently that was in that same boat of like, hey, it's five seasons of really good television. And I I just don't have the time for it, Jamie. I just can't. I, I, no, I you understand. Know, like, I want to. I want, look, I want to be lazy and just sit around and watch TV. And I'm not implying that you're lazy and sit around and watch TV. I'm saying to no, get through I, an I entire was, series. I,
1: no I was being lazy I was I, I flew through the entire series in like a month like I was watching four and five episodes a night it yeah, was just right. Brian's like you want to watch the, like Brian's like you want to watch another one yes yeah. <laughs> like why are you even asking me yes <laughs> so
0: so my lady friend and I watched the I, I'm just gonna piggyback on your tv thing for a hot second mm-hmm. and we watched the very first episode of Sandman on Netflix, and like she's really into you know kind of fantasy and Neil Gaiman stuff. And I've read a little bit of Sandman, not a ton, just a a a little bit. But I thought it was like, oh, this would be cool. I'm kind of curious how this goes. But (laughs) the idea was like, oh, we'll watch this show together, and we still might. But we watched an episode a week ago and haven't had time to go back to it. But it was really good. Like, the first episode's quality. And I don't know how the rest of the season is, but I've heard good things. Um, But that first episode, I can easily recommend. um, Because it felt very very literary. It felt like it was uh, like reading the first chapter or even the prologue of a very good book. And... Uh, as i said it has that kind of fantasy vibe to it Mm -hmm. but it's sort of the not sword and sorcery fantasy but just more of a dark fantasy kind of thing um like ice of the dragon is the example i would give because i'm just a stephen king nerd and that's the dark fantasy i know um but it doesn't have i mean it's set in relatively modern day like the first episode is in the 1930s i want to say is where it begins. And I'll give you the setup because the setup's kind of cool. So there is, uh, there are gods that exist and one of them is named dream. He is the, the God that's responsible for, uh, dreams as you might imagine. And, um, he, uh, it like basically designs the, the world of dreams and allows people to, you know, live out their fantasies and have their nightmares and that kind of thing. So he's just responsible for all that stuff, building this kingdom of dreams. And the, uh, one of the, the assholes from, uh, game of Thrones is an old man whose son was killed in world war one and has spent a number of years gaining this, you know, eldritch knowledge to essentially um, kidnap death and the idea is that he is going to kidnap death and hold him hostage for the return of his son but the spell uh is a little non-specific so he doesn't get death he gets dream and he keeps dream locked up for decades and anyway th- so there's this These nice little touches of like, well, everybody responds to this differently. Some people don't dream at all. Some people go into a coma and can't escape their dreams. And this goes on for years and years and years. But it's more personally a story of this guy who just refuses to let dream go. And uh, his son, who basically inherits this big glass cage... You know, it's almost like the Magneto cage from X-Men that they keep him in. Mm-hmm. And and so the question is, like, will this more sensitive son let Dream go when the time comes? And if if so, does Dream wreak his revenge? <laughs> because, you know, this is still a god. And, and Dream does not say anything for all these decades. He just sits there silently brooding, waiting for the, the moment when he's free. And, um, but anyway, it's really cool. It's like this interesting story and, um, you know, it, it traffics in the worlds of myth and gods and, and that kind of thing. But it, it's a little bit different take on that stuff and it's really well acted and it's got great atmosphere and all that stuff. So I had a great time and I look forward to watching more of it. Uh, we just haven't yet.
1: I saw the trailer for it. It looked, it looked good. So it is on our list um you know how that goes but it yeah it's there it's there we plan to watch it so c- i'm excited to hear that you liked it so
0: that's good. yeah it's cool uh and i'm, I'm gonna read american gods uh, in fact i'm probably gonna start it tonight which is another neil gaiman joint and i've never read that i like I've, i haven't read a lot of gaiman and i hear people all the time talk about what a great writer he is and i i'm just gonna find out for myself and i've been all right lem- I, I know it's your turn. Let me say one other thing and I will recommend this to you and everyone. Um, if you want to read something that will make you feel terrible, uh, I, and I know you how much you enjoy that. Mm-hmm. There is, <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a, I've been reading a bunch more. Like I, I read this book called dead silence. That was this kind of event horizon style book. That was a little bit disappointing. Um, it was okay, but it, 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 takes a turn that i didn't care for and then um i right after that i read tender is the flesh and tender is the flesh i I can't think of the the woman's name who wrote it uh she's a i think a mexican author anyway so here's the premise jamie that um in the future there is a virus that hits that is passed among uh domestic animals Like, you know, dogs and pigs and cows and ducks and all all, all the domestic animals. That makes their flesh poisonous to people. And so human beings then are forced into the uncomfortable position to replace domestic livestock with people oh and
1: wait that's the that's immediately what they jump to there's no pretty quick yeah
0: (laughs) well we could go vegetarian (laughs) well yeah yeah yeah. no it's it's kind of allegorical like a lot of it is about like you know here's how we treat livestock and and that kind of thing and also sort of how we treat the poorest among us Um, so there's some allegory there, but it's like people who are raised from birth to be special meat is what they call it. And, but it's a, it's not very long. It's, you know, the read is a couple hours maybe. And it, it goes into a lot of detail of how all of this functions and how people are treated who are the special meat and how other people respond to it. But the government jumps on board real fast because what happens is uh, some people start killing, um, you know, just poor people and homeless people and eating them. And the government's like, whoa, 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 whoa! we can't have people just run out in the streets and eating people. But have you thought about eating some people that we grew for you? And
1: Ooh, that sounds disturbing. I love it. It's,
0: it's super dark. The ending is... A gut punch, and and it doesn't end the way you think it's gonna end. Like there, there's part of you as you're reading it that's like, oh, oh, oh. And the main character is a guy whose job is to buy, um, buy these human livestock from breeders to take to the slaughterhouse that he works for. And so it it, but he doesn't eat the special meat. Is kind of the the gig. And it anyway. Like I said, super dark, can't recommend it enough. If you don't read it, if you want to feel good about you or about yourself, about the people around you, about the government, anything, uh, just the state of the world today, if you want to feel good about any of that stuff, avoid it. But if you want to wallow in, in a fairly grim, gory uh, sort of morality play, then tender Is the flesh is is pretty good.
1: well you know me you sold me
0: yeah so (laughs)
1: i will track that down
0: yeah yeah yeah. so anyway enough uh, uh of reading that's not what we're here for jamie who cares about book learning
1: um, <laughs> I do. Well, I have one more quick, super quick TV thing to mention yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I think you'll get a kick out of it. I don't know. Have you watched any of the new season of American horror stories that just came out?
0: I have never seen American horror stories, but uh, okay. again, that's one of those things I have on the list of, Hey, I, if I had the time, I would really like to watch this, but, uh, hit me.
1: Okay. There is a particular episode that sort of crosses the witch trials with smallpox. Hmm. And I think just being, uh, being as nerdy as I am, I think you'll get a kick out of it. uh, Like I did, but the, like the, the central character is a milkmaid Mm -hmm. and she is the one who discovers that milkmaids are not getting smallpox because of cowpox and which is uh. For anybody who's not a dork, uh, <laughs> that actually did play did play into how the the vaccine for smallpox was discovered. So I'm watching this, and of course, this is um, way back, so well before the actual vaccine for smallpox was discovered, and this was a woman, and so clearly it, there's a reason that. It didn't get discovered until it did, even though the answer had been found by a woman previously. Now, this is all fictional, but it's (laughs) I it was so funny because when I was watching it, she was and they're like, oh, you know, I'm a milkmaid. And I was just like, I see what you did there. Like I before they even like went anywhere with it. I was like, I know exactly where this is going. And uh, and it had one of those Romero, the crazies endings, you Mm -hmm. know, with. um like with the discovery and all of that. And it was, but it was just, I love the way they wove it in. I love the way they, they sort of took the real life horror of smallpox, the real life horror of witch trials kind of blended them together. And, and then we got this and there were, I will admit there were a couple of lines that were a little bit ham fisted, but it was so on the nose that it was hilarious because she discovers that, um, you know, the cowpox is around, and then the the cattle that have cowpox, or the the milk cows that have cowpox, there's, their udders are bleeding. So the milk with the tainted milk is actually vaccinated milk. So she takes it to one, this kid, and she's like, "Here, drink this milk." And then he's like, "No, no, no! They've discovered that if you dig up a dead person who had been infected, and carve out their heart and eat it that will protect you because again we're talking about you know the time of the witch trials where people were fucking idiots but uh, she's like she's like what and she's like drink your milk and he's like even if i get sick i'll be fine i'm strong i'm young and she's like you could end up hurting someone else who can't (laughs) who isn't strong who won't survive this and then he's just like no i don't think i want to do it and then she just grabs him and she starts pouring it and she's like drink the fucking milk and she pours it down his throat and i was just cackling because i was like that was so on point like it was so clear what they were doing that i just was dying but in a good way, like I was having fun with it, and clearly they were too. But it was, <laughs> I was like, wow, like you could have been more on the nose about what you were trying to say. So, subtlety is not necessarily the strong point there, but it was entertaining. I thought it was a very entertaining episode, and I like the way that they blended the things that they did. I thought it was very smart, but um, anyway, that's it. That's the I mean, we watched probably five episodes, I think, or, or however many are out, and um that was probably my favorite one of all of them. just like any anthology, they're going to be hit and miss. Uh, Some of them were just like, well, that was dumb. And Mm. some of them were like, that was really cool. So, you know, uh, you know, mileage will vary, but I particularly loved that episode just because it was all nerdy and talking about shit that I love, you know? So
0: I'm so glad you brought this up. Not, not because I have seen that, but because it, it, goes so well uh to transition into the the thing i'll bring up next which is a movie called the field guide to evil
1: oh wait a minute is that an anthology it
0: is an anthology uh,
1: and it's all female centric Mm, mostly okay and really like short shorts Um, like a bunch of them like 80 of them yeah
0: (laughs) well there's like eight. eight, yeah. There, there's eight of them, I think. Okay, and I, did, I saw that. Okay, because there's the, the what reminded me. Not only did I have it on my list, but the the reason I'll bring it up now because it also featured a story where a guy is digging up corpses to eat their hearts.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: there the one that was from Poland, I want to say, which was about the this guy who's traveling along a road and you know this demon kind of whispers to him like, "Hey, if you will." Uh, you, you will have wisdom and all of your enemies will, will be yeah. defeated if yeah, you go do that. this thing. And But it, the, the reason I want to bring it up, A, I, I thought it was real uneven. I was mostly bored while I was watching it. Um, there, were, uh, there were a couple of good ones in there, but I would say that it's more like two of the eight are pretty good. And the rest of them were middling to not great
1: yeah well here's a little inside baseball we and i rarely do this and i mean rarely Uh we didn't finish it Uh, i think we got to like the sixth story and i am more tolerant with stuff like that like i generally have the curiosity to at least see it through to the end brian can only take so much (laughs) so
0: yeah yeah it no i i don't i i don't blame him
1: yeah. Like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, I don't want to do any more of this. And I i didn't fight him because yeah. I'm like, e- you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> well, I I stuck with it because the last story was uh Peter Strickland. Uh, oh yeah. I didn't
1: know that. Right. Okay.
0: Who did uh in Fabric most recently. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so he did the last one and the last one's really weird and interesting and it's all about it's like a fairy tale about uh shoemaker with a foot fetish who wants to marry a princess and it's just really weird and very peter strickland and and that one was pretty good
1: there's a series uh i think it's on netflix that well i don't think it was originally released on netflix i'm um, not netflix youtube but you can find it there i think it's called on peter strickland mm-hmm. and it's peter strickland just talking about all of his movies in uh in sections and i watched that A while back well it was like a year ago i think it was during the last summer series because we were covering a peter strickland film i think it was in fabric and so i was just trying to dig up as much as i could and while i ran across that i was like oh well let me see what he has to say and i thought that was pretty interesting so if anybody out there is like a big peter strickland fan it's um definitely worth looking into
0: yeah uh i haven't seen that i should yeah i should throw that on as well um but so w- this made me think, though, and, and actually I was watching it. I was like, I know I'm going to talk about this on the next What You're Watching. And also, uh, it's not very good. But um, as I was thinking about that, I, I wanted to pose this question to you because I think I have a, a, a weird answer to this question. But what do you think the best anthologies are? Um, Because, I you know, like. Creepshow gets bandied around quite a bit
1: yeah i happen to be i happen to be a huge mark for the amicus anthologies
0: oh sure like uh and vault of horror tales from vault the crypt of horror,
1: tales from the crypt yeah i love those and uh that uh, i creep show is and usually that's kind of if anybody is making a list or throwing names out that's going to be at the top and I can see why, because if you take the honestly, I think if you take both creep shows, I don't think there's a bad sequence in any of them. Some are better than others, but I don't think there are bad ones. I, li- I like them mm,
0: all. So I'm not crazy about creep show, too. I, I know that I'm an a lot outlier. Of people but aren't. Yeah.
1: No, I, I think a lot of people don't. And, and there are solid reasons for it. I mean, it, it is very different, apart from the fact that there are only three stories versus five, you know, you're missing the whole romero connection there's um it doesn't have the same feel that the first one did i don't think it has the same casting power that the first one did so i mean there's there are you know solid reasons and i will say that it is lesser than the original but i still like it quite a bit But, um, yeah, I would say probably my favorites are the Amicus ones. I just adore those. Plus, anything with Peter Cushing, it just makes me happy. And that one, I want to say, I don't remember exactly which one it's in, uh, where he comes back. He's the guy that they, like... I think he ends up committing suicide?
0: No, no, the, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's uh he has the little house with his dogs and yes, fixes yeah. toys for the kids from the yes. dump and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. But the yeah. rich
1: people don't like him and um
0: Yeah. And, yeah. So some rich I assholes down the road one. are just <laughs> setting him up to like uh, they accuse him of like abusing the children or yeah, something as, and, like,
1: uh, and it crushes him, crushes him. And so but what he comes back as a zombie. And I just think that his zombie makeup, even though it, it's older, it was like 70. I don't remember if that one was 72 or, but early seventies. So it's not, um it's not like Savini zombie makeup or Nicotero zombie makeup, you know, but it's, so it's very simple, but I think it's very effective and just creepy as hell. You know, his, his eyes are all blacked out and he just, it, it looks just horrifying. So I love that. Plus that whole it's really heartbreaking. That story is just heartbreaking. And then you're, you know, you're never gonna you never you never know. Like Donald Pleasance is gonna pop up here and there. I mean, it's just those those are just like food for my soul. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I love those.
0: Yeah. Uh just for the record, that is 72's Tales from the Crypt. Is, okay, is okay. so you were right on point um yeah that's a really good one let me throw this one at you because i never hear people talk about it in in regards to the best anthologies but i think that it's up there is cat's eye
1: oh yeah yeah we actually watched that not too long ago because we're in our seas Uh still and uh, (laughs) then i watched a um like a youtube documentary where somebody got had gone through all of the individual stories and behind the scenes stuff and everything i it's a that one is super solid
0: yeah i mean i think the wraparound story is a little dopey with the troll in the wall and i think that's kind of the weak link but i think the smoker's ink story is really good
1: so good
0: uh i like the ledge quite a bit yeah um and uh, yeah i just think it's it's what's the other story in there what's the first one it's i thought
1: the, i think the, isn't the first one smoker's ink and then it goes the ledge and then there's the
0: third. and then the and yeah. then the troll is there uh... Uh, i thought
1: there was a third maybe yeah. i'm wrong but i was thinking there were three um stories apart from the troll story but
0: oh um the yeah so it, it those are the three so i think that the troll one Aside from the the Carlo Rambaldi troll, which I think looks pretty good, um, I I think that's kind of the weak link there. But both Quitters Ink and the Ledge are like honest to goodness bangers.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Quitters Ink is one of those that it, it kind of it's kind of misleading its tone because it's it seems almost lighthearted. At time, You know, it's very funny, you know, because you have him, like James Woods, trying to hide and smoke, and then you'll see, like, the jogger going down the street, and, you know, somebody will peek their head around a corner, and he's like, fuck, you know, because he know he knows he got caught. But then when you get to the end of that segment, I, it takes a really dark
0: turn when you mm-hmm. find
1: out the other guy's wife has, like, no fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's just very like those two stories two of the three stories are absolutely fantastic and i think the ledge with robert hayes and all that i think that one is uh it's very straightforward but i really like it i like the way it's shot and i like the you know the idea of hey you've been cheating uh with my wife and i'm not gonna hold this against you all you've got to do is climb out this window and walk around the ledge and yeah you know but I'm not gonna make it easy for you right and running afoul of like just pigeons and wind and all that stuff I, th- I think that's a cool story um but yeah i was thinking about it in you know on the back end of field guide to evil of like well what are the best ones i'm glad you brought up the amicus stuff because i didn't think of that right away and and that is good because i watched tales from the crypt for the halloween series last year and it is it's terrific that's a really good uh anthology that also has the one about the the uh, uh really materialistic lady who ends yes. up getting in the car crash and whatnot and all through the house or uh, i don't know if it's called all through the house but the santa killer one i think is in that Yeah, one.
1: with joan collins yeah the that uh, tales i mean um yeah tales from the crypt the show mm-hmm. would would then do but yeah i really like that one Uh, I actually think that Brian that's Brian's favorite vault of horror, I think is my favorite. Um, but I, I love them all. And, um, I just think if anybody out there has never watched those, please do. Oh, they're completely worth your time. And I'm so excited because I got home today and in the mail was, um, house of long shadows on blu-ray.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And I love that movie so much. And so, um, and I was like, oh, and Brian got it. And I was like, oh, I thought we already owned this. And he's like, nope. Every time we wanted to watch it, I always had to look it up. He's like, but now we have it on Blu-ray. And I'm like, hell yes. (laughs) Nice,
0: nice. Um, Okay, I think that's mine. What's next on your list?
1: Okay, well, this is another... uh, Blast from the past. Well, I guess I haven't really brought up any of in the what you're watching, but in as far as we were discussing amicus and et cetera. But this is even slightly older than that. I watched Wait Until Dark uh, with um, we went to visit the mother-in-law this weekend and we always take movies with us. And so um, Brian had picked it. We watched Red Eye and Wait Until Dark. And I had not watched red eye until it came out and, and let, since it came out in the theater. And I got to tell you that that movie really holds up. Like it, it was, that was really fun. Is that the
0: a... West Craven joint? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen it. I got to be honest with you, Jamie, I'm going to blow your mind. I've never seen wait until dark.
1: What? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps>
0: like I've, I've danced around it so many times. I've just never sat down. to. Watch oh
1: my it. God. Watch it. It's got my boyfriend, Richard Crenna. I love him. Uh-huh. Um, and then obviously Audrey Hepburn and um, Alan Arkin is deliciously evil. He is so fucking evil in this movie. He's And it's, oh God, it's just great. And he has hair, but um, <laughs> uh, I I highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. I did discover that because I was mentioning it to another friend of mine and they're like, oh, where can I find that? And I was like, well, we have the disc, but I looked it up and it's on HBO Max. So if you want to watch it go ahead i mean i it is um it's really good <laughs> it's it's just it's really good you know and um audrey hepburn her performance in that i mean cuz most people i think equate audrey hepburn with uh, like romantic stuff or lighthearted stuff mm-hmm. uh this is very dark and uh you know she plays a blind woman and i think she does a really 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 good job like she's she's really good at pulling off the being blind um so yeah that's uh i haven't seen that in a long time and i was really excited to watch it again so yeah
0: Yeah. i that's one that i have almost pulled the trigger on a million times and just for no good reason have never have never done so but i've thought about it a lot lately weirdly
1: really yeah, yeah that's yeah. weird well, well it, and that's you know what i had too i had been wanting to watch it for a couple months i've been it's been in the back of my brain and brian didn't know that we i'd never mentioned it to him he um when he was picking out movies to take to his mom's he just grabbed that one and i was like oh what are you taking and he's like well wait until dark and i was like what <laughs> it was i was like what kind of voodoo shit is this how did you yeah. know <laughs> did you want to watch it
0: um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Alan Arkin, I got one uh, that also stars Alan Arkin, but is in no way a movie that anyone should see. Oh, and that okay. that is Minions, The Rise of Gru.
1: Oh! <laughs> Did you watch it with the kids?
0: Yeah, well, with one of them. So here's the thing. Um, I like going to the movies, as you know. I I just, I like the whole experience of it. I like, you know, it's a great time. And so, um, the last time we went to the movies, aside from when I went to see Nope, the time before that, we went to see the new Thor movie. And so my girlfriend was like, Hey, why don't you just take the boy and you guys go hang out? In fact, why don't you take the boy and you take my dad as well? And I was like, all right, well. I don't know that your dad like just for context, her father worked for the IMF for many years, traveling all over the world to solve economic problems in other countries. And I was like, it would insult this man's intelligence if if he goes to see Minions, the rise of Gru. like he'll never forgive me for this. And fortunately, she was like, no, 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 he'll be fine. He wants to go. And I knew that was a lie. But fortunately, <laughs> when I got when I got tickets, um, there weren't three seats together because all, everybody takes their kids to see this stupid movie. And so I was like, hey, your dad's off the hook because I couldn't find three seats. And I there was no way that it, he, either he or I was going to have to go to some corner of a theater to watch this movie by their lonesome. So so it was just me and the boy. He picked the movie, of course, because I was like, pick any movie you want. I'll go. Minions, Rise of Gru. I was like, you know that DC Super Pets is out. I heard that's okay. It's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Minions, Rise of Gru. Great. All right, let's go. So um, I am not terribly familiar with the Minionverse of movies. I saw that first De- Despicable Me movie, and that's kind of it. And so there are a lot of references to the other Minions movies and the Despicable Me movies that I didn't really get. But it's also such a dopey movie that you couldn't possibly care. And like he had a fine time. Like minions were dropping their pants and they were farting and talking gibberish. (laughs) So he had a fine time. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that really bothered me about it is that like Alan Arkin is, is one of the main characters in the movie. And it's just a waste. Like the whole voice cast... Is, you know, you've got like Steve Carell and Russell Brand and Taraji P. Henson and Alan Arkin and a number of other very talented actors and voice actors. And it's just a waste of time. Like, you know, I was talking about this with Duncan where, you know, Pixar and Disney kind of have it right where it's most of those movies, they're not all perfect, but that most of them have a pretty good, tight story there is stuff in those movies for the parents as well as the kids right and the example we used was like uh uh finding nemo which is like on one level for kids it's about a fish that gets lost and it's really colorful and you know uh, ellen DeGeneres' fish is really funny because she's forgetful and stuff but if you're an adult that movie is about like finding that point where you let your child grow up and start to make their own decisions and, and become their own person. And, and uh, also about loss, you know, of, of that, those feelings of wanting to protect a child so much that it sort of inhibits their growth. And so there's stuff in it uh, to appeal to the adults in the crowd. And, you know, same with like up and, you know, I mean, no matter what age you are, the first like 10 minutes of up will reduce you to tears. Minions Rise of Gru doesn't care about any of that shit. They are not trying to appeal to anybody but the children in the crowd who are amused by these min- minions getting bonked on the head by boards and like I said, it's just a whole lot of there there was so much butt crack in that movie. I saw <laughs> I saw so much minion butt crack.
1: <laughs> and don't they without clothes wouldn't they just look like twinkies?
0: <laughs> well i don't know because you don't see Twinkies
1: him with a butt crack <laughs> you,
0: you don't see him in the all together <laughs> but you definitely see him with just showing their ass so they definitely they they definitely have buttocks and an anus so you saw
1: the anus you
0: didn't see the anus but if you've okay. got a, a cleft in your cheeks there is a reason for it
1: <laughs> okay that makes there is
0: yeah. yeah there is an evolutionary reason for that um so yeah, it was just, and on the way out, he was like, <laughs> he, he's so funny. He was like, you know, that movie could have been better. It it should have been a little bit longer for one thing. Cause it was really short. And I was like, it was short. I don't, I don't know. Th- I don't know that that was the problem, but he was like, yeah, it, you know, it was good. It was good. It wasn't my favorite minions movie, but it was good. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to get you checked out kid. <laughs>
1: well this is also the kid that doesn't like horror so this is
0: true yeah meanwhile his (laughs) sister is almost done with stranger things has not even bothered anymore with watching it with us she's just like i'm gonna finish stranger things i'm like all right you know go with god um (laughs) but uh that when that poltergeist 4k comes out she's watching poltergeist this year
1: awesome yeah i'm so excited i'm just excited i don't even know her and i'm so excited (laughs) her mom's gonna
0: be so mad at me oh i mean it's gonna give her a
1: good one though it's It's really
0: good and and she's she's kind of the right age where like if she gets through all of stranger things it's like that's kind of baby's first horror show and now it's like okay you know it's almost that uh ackroyd thing of you want to see something really scary um so we're gonna try it and and like i said she could have a bunch of nightmares and then her mom's going to be real pissed at me and tell me that i can't show movies to her daughter anymore uh but yeah no the the boy just is not interested at all and, and the, the, so here's he's like you know i'm not scared is how he puts it i'm not i'm not afraid it's just i don't like what i see in those <laughs> and i'm like that's that's being scared kid that's you know i get it there are movies that scare me not as many as i would like but it does happen and and i don't like what my eyes see in those movies but that's the the joy of it um anyway so that's my horrible minions experience (laughs) hey do you comb your butt do i comb my butt yeah what are you talking about
1: just answer the question <laughs> no then why does it have a part in it
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: uh, that was my that was my third grade <laughs> that was my third grade best friend's favorite joke
0: I, I oh i will repeat it don't even kid yourself <laughs> Those kids will eat it up. Anything that has to do with the word butt, they love.
1: Exactly. That is exactly why I shared it with you. Yeah, because I, I want you to be able to take something away.
0: I appreciate it. Here's one, here's <laughs> one for all the you know, the caregivers of children out there. Take that joke with you, put it in your pocket.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So you're a big found footage fan. Oh, I am. And uh, as am I. And I don't know, have you seen the Andy Baker tape?
0: I have not. I, I've gotten some uh, some emails about that. How is it?
1: Yeah. Um, well, we watched it because Brian got emails about
0: it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: but it is actually available if anybody wants to watch it. It's on, well, hell, Tubi. And Tubi has a, a, a huge found footage collection. Mm. But um, it, honestly, I was so in it. And then I kind of feel like they didn't know what to do with the end. But if you are a fan of creep, I think you'll get some, I got some creep vibes hmm. out of it. And you creep don't know, vibes. you don't know where the creep vibe, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. We still do that around anytime Any, anybody says the word creeper, van that's coming out of our minds.
0: I I think of you saying that at least once a week.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Is it? Uh yeah, I mean I think so. Okay. I'm taking that as a good thing. All right. Um non-devour people out there are going, "What the hell are you talking about?"
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but um I you don't know where it's going and you don't know why, but you just it's one of those movies that you just get like a really uneasy feeling. Throughout the whole thing, and you don't really know what's going to end up happening, and that part I really, really like. Like I was totally there, I was on the ride, and I just feel like when they got to the end, they didn't really know what to do, and that always disappoints me. But I would stay. I would say it's worth it just because of the performances of the. The idea is that there are these two brothers, they're half brothers, and uh, one of them is a YouTube star who is uh he's like a chef and he has a he's been offered a show on the food network so he is going um he's kind of going around the country and filming some things and while he's doing that he has hooked up thanks to i think they call it 23 and 23 and ancestry or something like they mix the two together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, instead of, uh, it's funny, but instead of 23 and me and ancestry, it's like 23 ancestry or 23 and it's something stupid. But anyway, he, because of that discovers that he has a half brother that he didn't know about. So while he's on the road, he, um, makes a point to go and get to know him. And then, um, but they end up kind of traveling some together and there's just um, there's some uneasiness. There's some, where's this going? You know, which one, somebody's got to have something wrong with them, which one is it? You know, (laughs) that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the performances of the two brothers. I thought they were, they came across uh, just very natural and, and the whole thing is kind of up and down at times. Like you're like, Oh, that's a little crazy or Oh, now that's a little crazy. So it was a fun ride. I just feel like when we get to the end, it was a little bit of a letdown, but I still think it was worth it because I enjoyed everything up to that point. So I would say it's worth your time.
0: Okay. I, 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 I wonder if I can still get a screener. Probably. Um,
1: but if not, it's on Tubi.
0: So, <laughs> all right let me do i want to talk about the tubi movie um yeah let me just pay my respects to tubi with this one because i watch i i'm probably you and i are probably in the same boat where we both watch tubi more than people should
1: yeah i mean we're pretty much name checking it at some point on our show every time (laughs) we're like by the way if you don't have Tubi, you know
0: So I watched um, a movie on Tubi. It was either Tubi or Plex one. One of the two. But uh, this movie called Extraterrestrial, which came out uh, by the Vicious Brothers, who did... Oh, crap. What was the movie that they did? Is that
1: the one? Oh, the Vicious Brothers did um, Grave Encounters. That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Is that the one where they kind of steal from the thing and the fly and like all like... I remember a movie, like an alien movie, where it just, while you're watching it, you are you see where they pulled a bunch of stuff from a bunch of different movies, but it could be a different
0: thing. I didn't see any The Fly in this, um, but yeah, I'll tell you, it's got the, I think she was all, I think the Vicious Brothers also may have done this, but anyway, the, do you remember the lady who played the lead in It, it Stains the Sands Red?
1: Oh yeah, she um she was also in that one. The the it was not a slasher movie, but it was like a lesbian couple. Uh, One of them's trying to kill the other one. Oh,
0: what keeps you alive?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was in that too. Yeah, isn't she?
0: I think yeah, I think that's right. So yeah, and she's pretty good. Um, but so she's in this and it's basically every movie about aliens you ever saw where a bunch of kids go to a remote place where there has been some ufo activity and they run afoul of some aliens um here what i will say about the movie is that for far too much of its runtime it is exactly what i described which is Oh, there are some aliens afoot. They're running around. They run into aliens every now and again. There's bright lights. Everybody's screaming. Stuff like that. And it's okay. You know, it's it's what I would call barely acceptable UFO movie material. The one thing I'll say about it is there's a point in the movie where spoilers for a movie that I'm not really recommending. But if you want to see uh, a movie about aliens, then you know skip ahead 30 seconds but at the end of the movie there the main characters get abducted and you actually see the inside of the ship and where they go and i was like oh well this is at least something this is a pretty bold choice for the movie to make um but then it there's not enough of that to make it worth your time like that part of it is interesting but it's like Mm -hmm. okay you know here's an hour and 40 minute movie there are 20 minutes of it that are interesting not great but interesting and and you know pretty brave for a movie like this compared to a lot of other movies that do uh or use a similar plot device and a similar story so it's kind of a cut above most of these movies, but most of these movies are kind of trash. So this is a cut above trash. Um, But I, I at the end of the day, I was like, this is, <sighs> you know, I when I rated it, it was like a flat like two and a half out of five. Because I was like, there are things I respect about this movie, but mm-hmm. there is no chance I'm ever going to watch it again.
1: Yeah, I want to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. It came out several years ago, right?
0: Yeah, uh, it's not quite 10 years old. It came out in in 2014. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's the one I'm thinking of, and I don't remember why I was thinking of The Fly, but something in the the movie made me think of The Fly. But um, yeah, I don't... And I'm not a big, honestly, a fan of alien movies on the whole, like alien abduction type movies. Mm -hmm. There are a couple that I really like, but as a rule you're not gonna like they don't blow my doors off you know
0: i yeah i kind of like them i i i'm trying to find the one i think it might have even just been called alien abduction but there's one that's pretty good that's about a family uh and and it's a found footage style that is, is uses these same devices uh plot devices and i thought that one was pretty good and so I, I think I'm kind of chasing the dragon to find that one alien abduction movie that's really what I want to see. And no one has quite given it to me yet.
1: There's one that I absolutely love. It's called, I can't remember the name. It's something like Changed or, oh, Altered. Did you ever see Altered?
0: I feel like I have. Let me let me look it it's up. It's
1: where the um, a guy was abducted a long time ago. And he's back now and he's like terrified of everything. But then um they one of the aliens comes back and so he kind of captures it and he his plan is to torture it pretty much because of all the torture that they did to him. Only his friends get involved and then and it's like in his garage and there's a and there is one particular scene. Oh, oh and he discovers that there's they when they abduct you, they put a little tracking device in you that's like a little ticker and it's really horrifying because it's organic and, and it looks like little claws and it's just like Tit, dit, 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 like inside your body so they know where you are and they wrap it around your guts and it's just awful but there's one particular scene in that film that every time I watch it and I've seen it probably like four times every time I watch it it just gives me the willies to no end like it is so fucking scary and That is probably one of my favorite other than like dark skies. Um, And I do really like dark skies. And um, what's the other one? The, you know, why is there, (laughs) there's a dead guy on the ship. Why is there a dead guy on the ship? Um, Fire in the sky. Oh yeah. So like other than fire in the sky, I do really like dark skies, even though that's pretty much like poltergeist, but with aliens. Um, This one is one that I find genuinely scary. And really entertaining. So, if you have never seen it, I do recommend checking it out. And I think it's from one of the
0: well, the Blair Witch Blair, Boys.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was, I was just about to say. I think it's one of the Blair Witch guys that did it. So,
0: yeah, Eduardo Sanchez. Yeah, I think yeah. I have seen this, but it's been a long time. I need to revisit that because maybe that's the movie that I'm I've been chasing all these years, and I just need to go back and watch that. No, again. Give it
1: a rewatch and let me yeah. know um it's totally good
0: fire in the sky is pretty good it's a pretty yeah, good movie. i like that one yeah i like that one. i i want to like the fourth kind more than i do
1: i need to i was just thinking not too long ago i need to watch that again but because that's the one
0: with mia uh,
1: yeah okay yeah i did see that I remember thinking there were some issues with it, but I, I was like, oh. I, then recently somebody was talking about it and I was like, I really need to watch it again. Cause I kind of feel like I should like it more than I do. But
0: yeah, every time I've seen it like three times now and every time I finish it, I'm like, I don't think that's as good as I want it to be. And then see,
1: I hate when that happens. <laughs> right. And then
0: time will go by and I'm like, but did I like it? And then you watch it again. You're like, I I don't think I really liked it that much. I have um, so
1: many movies that do that to me. And I'm yeah. like, well, let me let me try it again. Oh no, that's why. Yeah. No, I don't like that movie. Yeah,
0: trick <laughs> trickster movies that are always is tricking you into thinking that you like them more than you do. And, <laughs> um. But yeah. So I yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm I may watch that tomorrow. Actually, I may go back and watch Afflicted very shortly.
1: Altered you know afflicted's good
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. it's <laughs> hey these found footage a movies. i know
1: i know well uh, i was like what's the name of it changed affected oh no altered
0: <laughs> yeah so i, I you, actually you want to do yourself a favor you do uh, a double feature of altered and afflicted
1: yeah then you cover both and
0: yeah you got aliens doesn't and really vampires. matter what the title is <laughs> yeah everything from a to b um all right all right what else what else you got here
1: well, uh, we just talked about aliens, uh-huh. and you just briefly mentioned vampires, but how about some witches? Ooh. Because we watched Hellbender on Shudder.
0: Oh, that movie rocks. I, oh, I love Oh, God. It.
1: it slaps. I just, I was so in love with everything about that movie, including the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack mm-hmm. was fantastic. The, the performances were so good, and I know I've seen that mother somewhere else. I can't put my finger on it but i've seen her in something else and i just i loved it and then when we got to the end um i just i was like wow that was really good and brian was like well that was abrupt and i'm like yeah but they made the point like that was it was abrupt but they came what they came they said what they came to say and now you know they don't need to go any farther so i like it when a movie knows that yeah, you know, hey we've we've done our job we can just stop <laughs> so right. Uh, I just, I loved it. I think it's definitely going to probably make my, <laughs> definitely going to probably, it will, it will be somewhere on my list, I'm sure, because I enjoyed the
0: hell out of it. I, I'm in the same boat with you. I, w- as soon as you said that, the first thing I thought was, oh, this is almost assuredly going to be on my top 10 list at the end of the year. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought Hellbender was fantastic. I thought it was, all the things you said it's got a great soundtrack it's got great energy it is uh like it's a fascinating story and yeah. um you know uh, like th- there are the makings of this really sweet film about a mother and daughter in there but it just goes oh so wrong
1: Yeah. And it's so allegorical. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful in that, you know, you have this mother who is trying so hard to protect her daughter, not from the, you find out not from the outside, but more protecting the outside from her daughter because she knows what her daughter is. And then when her daughter does discover what she is, then her mom kind of goes on this journey with her, trying to teach her about what she is and how they, and then that scene where they just are tripping balls on maggots. (laughs) Anybody who hasn't seen the movie, that makes no sense. But Mm -hmm. but uh, I just that is just a fantastic scene. And so you think, wow, they're really bonding here. They're you know, this is going to be great. And then you get to the end and uh, it ends pretty much like real life mother. daughter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, here's the thing I didn't know until just this second that uh zel zelda adams who plays the main character izzy and toby poser who plays her mother in the movie real life mother and daughter
1: really yeah i didn't know that yeah. well, that explains the chemistry then because i thought that they worked beautifully off each other
0: yeah that, you know some of my favorite scenes in that movie have nothing to do with the horror stuff it's just them jamming together
1: yes and it's
0: like oh this is so cool
1: I love that they have a band where they put on makeup and they get all theatrical and they don't do anything with it. They just play for each other. They just jam together. And I just, that's just great. And there are so many awkward moments with the girl because she doesn't, she's never been exposed to other people. She doesn't know how to interact with other people. So there are some really great moments with her and some you know, like her new friends and you know how that goes poorly And it just it's uh it's uh yeah I I can't I cannot say enough about it I really really loved it and when Brian did his write-up on Facebook about it or no I think he I think it was I don't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter but one of those um the filmmaker uh c- contacted him
0: <laughs> oh no kidding
1: and they were like, hey, man, that was really cool. Thank you. Because it was all it was positive. Sure. You know? And um, so I thought that was really cool. You know, so.
0: Yeah, that rocks. Um, Yeah. And well deserved. I mean, that that movie is uh, I, like I said, uh, you know, I agree with you. This is probably going to be a uh end of the year. This will be on my top 10 list because uh, it just thinking about it has me like, man, I should watch that again. That movie is not 90 minutes long. And it just, it just, you know, bang, bang, bang. And, and it's, it's really good. It's not, it's super indie. It's one of those movies that when it hits shutter, it was like, well, this is why, you know, you have a shutter subscription is for movies like this. Like, so there's a lot of indie stuff that hit shutter that is not great, but movies like this that are just not ever going to get, um, a lot of notoriety elsewhere, um yeah it's oh hellbender is so good yeah um all right i got one more and then uh if you want to do another we will but um this is not a a movie uh or a tv show um this is a play so take that oh
1: that's right you went to a play sunday night
0: i did i went to see to kill a mockingbird oh with uh, Atticus Finch played by Richard Thomas, Bill Denborough himself, or John Boy Adams, depending on how old you are, and
1: both work for me. Yes. sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was
0: here's a, here's the the uh, it's the touring company of it, like uh, Jeff Daniels did it on Broadway, which I would have killed to see. um especially it, probably the biggest drawback of the play was that the entire time we were watching it, um and we talked about this later that both of us kept thinking like man can you imagine Jeff Daniels in this role? <laughs> oh poor Richard Thomas. Poor Richard uh, Richard Thomas was great. You know, I don't want to undersell him. He did a great job, but Jeff Daniels is Jeff Daniels and you know. Yeah. He's he's just amazing. So, um it would be like if you saw um I'm trying to think of an equivalent actor um if you uh well i was gonna say michael k williams but he he has sadly passed away but like let's say he was gonna be atticus finch and they were like yeah on broadway it was denzel washington and you're like "Ugh." i mean i love michael (laughs) k williams but so anyway um it's written by aaron sorkin who who did this adaptation uh nice who if listeners aren't aware he's the guy who wrote a few good men and the american president and the west wing and uh the newsroom and just a million different things and a very very good writer
1: speaking of michael k williams yeah sorry boardwalk empire
0: oh is he oh yes he has a huge
1: role um his name is chalky white
0: oh okay (laughs) chalky white's funny
1: <laughs> but he uh he has a huge role in that so if you are a fan of michael k williams then i'm i'm sad he's gone but yeah oh uh, of course. he's excellent but sorry go ahead i just thought about that when you said his name
0: um yeah so it it was really interesting uh, surprise surprise in Aaron sorkin's hands uh to kill a mocking uh to kill a mockingbird becomes much more of a courtroom drama than it is anything else Mm -hmm. um you know it ignores a lot not ignores it you know it's only got two hours to do what the book does over you know several hundred pages so um it, but it's really, really good. It was surprisingly funny, or I shouldn't have been surprised because it's Aaron Sorkin.
1: Aaron Sorkin, yeah. right?
0: But it, it's very funny. It's occasionally irreverent. It it had uh, this really great staging device where uh, Jim and Scout and Dill, the three you know ch- children in the movie or in the uh, the story, um, are kind of narrating the play and moving through the courtroom and occasionally stopping and and sort of commenting on what's happening. And uh, so it was a really interesting kind of dramatic device for uh for the play to use and it was really good. You know, um there's the big speech when you have know, the closing argument that Atticus gives in in the trial was was really good. Uh it was it, like if you are in any semi-major city it that play is touring right now and you ought to do yourself a favor and uh go check it out when it comes close because it it's it was a great time it was really well done like i said surprisingly funny it was really entertaining and very emotional like the end of that play is uh is quite good and and managed to stick the landing on scout saying why hey boo and you're like, oh, <laughs> my heart's breaking. Um, yeah, it was it, it was very good. Ah, very that
1: book good. tore me up when I was a kid.
0: Oh, yeah, I. It's a wonderful. But I'll tell you, we had a real uh a, a commentator behind us that was like, well, this is just dumbed down. This isn't like the book. And it's like, it's a play. It's an adaptation of the book. Of course, it's different from the book because it's got to fit into two hours and it's drama it's not a book you know um there there are things that are changed like the the rabbit dog is not in the play because how on earth are you going to do that on a stage and yeah it just there were a handful of uh, things that this woman just would not shut the hell up about and it really pissed me off but uh, but i thought it was great and and i agree the book is amazing uh i love it a lot and yeah
1: that was one of my favorite books when i was growing up
0: yeah yeah for me too um yeah and uh my my girlfriend hasn't seen the movie since like 10th grade and she was like yeah i just i you know we had to watch it for class and i've never tried to watch it since and i was like oh just as an adult we ought to watch that because the movie's fantastic what you think we haven't watched it yet we're still trying to find
1: oh okay but yeah. did, did she love the play
0: she did she had a great time with it as well um during the intermission both of us were like this is good you know here are the things that they've changed and the things that they're doing that are a little bit different and then by the end of the play both of us were like oh that was fantastic so
1: man uh, i'm looking it up right now and it is not coming to michigan i'm so sad
0: um oh that is a shame i know my uh a buddy of mine um andy that uh, i've mentioned on several shows before he saw the matinee and we saw the evening show so we both saw it on the same day but at different times and and he was of the same mind he said it would, he thought it was uh it was great as well mm. so yeah it, it, I mean, terrific. it's terrific terrific in movie.
1: Fucking minnesota but it's not coming here what the hell
0: you know what are you gonna do i guess it's wherever you know You're richard thomas wants it, to go I guess um yeah it was terrific a lot of good performances in it too a lot of good performances um so you know richard thomas being one of them um so yeah if 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 it does come near you you ought to go see it it's it's great um cool. all right you got uh something else to wrap us up here let me see let me go back to my old letterboxed. oh um no, you sound surprised.
1: <laughs> I was trying to see. Oh, well, just um, I guess the only other thing that I haven't really mentioned was um, Deathline, which I actually watched it because we're covering it on this recent episode that, that is about to come out. But um, I what made me think of that earlier was I mentioned Donald Pleasance, and he <laughs> uh, he is so good in this movie have you seen Deathline?
0: i feel like wait this it has was an alternate
1: title of raw
0: meat yes i have seen this yes okay. yes yes
1: donald pleasance plays this really quirky police detective who is just constantly screaming about his tea and uh, but uh, uh he's just really funny in it and uh, he has christopher lee has a very brief cameo as an mi5 that gets involved for like two seconds and it's just honestly, it is a better movie than it than you would think it was, you know, when you're talking about uh, like a subway version of Sony Bean where they're eating people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it looks beautiful. Uh, the um, uh, Gary Sherman directed it, who also directed Vice Squad. Mm hmm. And there was another movie that he did shit right around the same time. His first three movies were all bangers. Like this was his very first movie. Then he followed it up with Vice Squad. Then he, there was something else. I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Like just, okay. Not, not so bam, bam, bam. Cause this one was 1972 and he didn't make Vice Squad until 81 or 82. Uh, 82. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was like 10 years between his first and second movie, so it wasn't all that bang, 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 but it was um, his first three movies all really good. And then he did, well, and honestly, he did some Poltergeist 3, which I don't love, but I do love his use of mirrors in that movie. I think uh, he did a really phenomenal job with playing with reflections, and so that was really fun. But as far as Deathline goes, I just was blown away by the cinematography, the, the... There are some really amazing shots at one point when we were watching it. I was like, and this is, I mean, I've seen it before, but this one, I was really paying attention because we're going to be talking about it. Mm -hmm. And at one point I was just like, and they held on this shot that's in the sewers and it's just lit beautifully. The shadows, it looks gorgeous. And I was like, I guarantee you, they were so proud of that shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I bet you when they were watching the dailies, they were like, that's a really good shot because <laughs> it was gorgeous. But it also has a seven minute tracking shot in this film that is unbroken. And uh, apparently they had to um, um, choreograph it. It took a whole day to choreograph the shot. And then it took a whole second day to get it down. And the whole time. um the producer was like, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? And Gary Sherman's like, no, I want this shot. I, I, I need this shot. I got to get this shot. And he did. And it's beautiful. And it looks, it, it worked beautifully. So that is just one. I love the movie, but I, I because I just love cannibal movies. But mm-hmm. if you, um, if that kind of thing doesn't interest you, then I say, check this one out anyway, because it's 1972 London. So I have a huge soft spot for late 60s, early 70s London. Don't ask me why. I just do. And um, it just captures that so well. The colors are just gorgeous. It is so much better than you would think the synopsis would lead you to believe it was. And uh, yeah, it's always a treasure. It's just a joy for me to watch that movie. So
0: yeah, that's super um, fun.
1: Yeah. And it's i mean and i actually it's kind of sad too because i'm kind of torn because the guy that lives in the subway like he's not really evil he just doesn't know like they've been living down there for generations ever since this cave, like i don't know what the deal is but like when they were building the tube station and there was a cave-in they just said ah fuck it and left 12 people buried a lot down there and they're just like eh (laughs) <laughs> like wait great job London and so they've been living down there since the 20s and uh so like 50 years this um these people have been living and breeding and uh so there's you know they're inbred cannibals living in a, a subway station but hmm.
0: as it, happens uh, sometimes yeah
1: I just I feel bad for him because he doesn't he's not trying to be evil he just doesn't know he doesn't know any other way so
0: but he's also eating people that he's
1: also eating people yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so but, you, know, you know not, not entirely yeah, sure he doesn't know any better <laughs> but you know but
1: no it doesn't make it okay
0: yeah it's and, the, and it's
1: not okay it just it gives it depth you know it gives it a little uh, another layer and i can always appreciate that
0: it's the frog and scorpion thing of like hey just come down to my tunnel mm-hmm. i won't eat you <laughs> and then you get down there and he eats it and you're and like he eats you, you yeah. said you wouldn't well do what'd that. you think yeah <laughs> what, what'd you think i'm i'm an inbred cannibal yeah
1: <laughs> oh, yeah Donna wasn't his father a doctor wasn't that I the liked. thing like what that
0: maybe i'm thinking of another cannibal movie that that takes place in there's the underground. Eh, the... maybe is that the? Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That's the one where it was a doctor that had this child that was kept down there. Yeah. 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 And
1: they abandoned the. They were like doing experiments or something. Yeah. And abandoned him, and then he's just stuck down there by himself.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, similar. Similar to to yeah, uh, yeah. Romy.
1: We actually Death brought Rami. that up when we were talking about it because that is one of Brian's favorite movies. It's well because it's uh was it Christopher Smith or uh, I don't know if it. I can't remember who made that movie. I don't remember if it was Christopher Smith or somebody. Creep Uh, cannibal. Creep.
0: (laughs) Subway. I. It is. No, wrong creep. Hang on. Turns out there's a million movies called Creep now. Um. With. Yeah, Christopher Smith.
1: Oh, look at me, hot damn! Yeah.
0: Who? Yeah, who did Triangle and Severance and. uh, Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah like death which i wasn't crazy about
1: hey i am a defender of that movie
0: i i, I should um, watch it. i i remember like losing interest along the way
1: and i can kind of see why but i think if you give it another shot you might i don't know like it's a good it's a good full horror movie
0: yeah yeah so uh all right i think that's gonna wrap us up we went a little long but you know that that's how we do
1: they only get it once a month yeah you know they'll live
0: um so where can people catch you in the meantime uh between now and the next time we uh we chat
1: well if you're not listening to me here you can listen to me on Horror in the house of salmons which is on anchor and which means it can be found anywhere and when i'm not doing that i'm doing this or i just finished my second run on the summer series so that'll be coming out in a few weeks that was a lot of fun
0: yeah i listened to uh the first episode you did i haven't listened to the second one yet
1: oh god the audio on my end was so bad i felt so horrible i'm just like i'm sorry duncan like i didn't realize it was that bad it was so bad well like i was cutting out quite a bit and although that might be a blessing to some people hey i don't know maybe they're just like oh thank god interrupt that bitch uh
0: just like uh merlin (laughs) a dream to some a nightmare to others
1: yes yes uh, yeah, you know there are people out here who only listen to this show for you and mute it when i'm talking
0: that is a hundred percent not true the <laughs> only the only reason i do this is to get the sweet sweet downloads that you bring with you oh, p-
1: <laughs> oh please i should have been put out to pasture years ago
0: <laughs> uh you and me both sister um, i'm
1: gonna be coming down the stairs i'm ready for my clothes
0: <laughs> i'll just be floating in the pool outside
1: <laughs> yay!
0: <laughs> uh, all right guys uh we'll be back in a in a week with more of the dark parade and in a month with more of what you're watching uh so that's it for this time say good night jamie
1: good night jamie <laughs> by the way that wasn't yay to you floating in the pool it was yay to you i i, I love it because oh. you always get my references <laughs> i know what it was
0: a yay for <laughs>